Welcome to The Complete Angler, your source of information on the outdoor industry in central Canada. With over 35 years in the field, host Don Lamont covers topics and issues with industry leaders and influencers to bring you up to speed on what's happening in the outdoor world. And now, here's your host, Don Lamont. Jimmy Bruce, a hardcore angler from Northwestern Ontario, is our guest on this week's podcast. Whether it be fishing competitive events, guiding, filming, lure designing, or ice fishing, Jamie is involved in many parts of the outdoor industry. Wanting to share his experiences, adventures, and advice with his followers, Jamie has recently begun a YouTube channel. The channel has experienced rapid growth due to his knowledge, new ideas, and tactics. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the Complete Angler Podcast. Great to have you on. Thanks for having me, Don. Yeah, I just wanted to tell the folks, the listeners out there, how I ended up finding, I, I had heard about you because of your tournament success, and then I, I, was, uh, I was checking YouTube, and uh, I found your channel, and I went, wow, this guy, uh, this guy's a lot of fun to watch. And the reason I was checking all the YouTube channels is uh, at Hook Magazine, we do a bi-weekly fishing report, so we're always looking for information. And there you were, you were catching that big walleye, the crappie killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that the videos are kind of making their way around and, and circulating, um, you know, opens lots of doors to, to meet people like yourself. Yeah, and so what was one of the reasons you decided to do the videos just because uh, you, you kind of, with, with COVID, you kind of get cut back on your tournament uh, schedule, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, that was part of it. Um, but COVID or not, I was already kind of leaning towards it. Um, you know, I had done lots of TV stuff with like Gussie and Bob Azumi and the, and the Linders and was pretty familiar with, you know, how it all worked. Um, and I, I started getting approached by other like big YouTubers. Um, John B from fishing the Midwest. He's, you know, got a following into the millions, um, uh, you know, locals like Jay Siemens. And I'm thinking like, okay, obviously I, I live somewhere special um, and have a bunch of, of information to share. So I'm just gonna kind of give it a shot myself. Um, I mean, it's pretty clear that YouTube's kind of the number one platform for, you know, fishing information and entertainment now. Um, pretty easy to see that and I just kind of wanted uh you know a, a seat at the table and uh yeah so anyway yeah I just kind of wanted wanted to be out there uh didn't really want to be a dinosaur in the fishing world so I I got with the times and um I I like it I, I don't have an agenda of of what I have to do I can say whatever I want within reason and kind of go target whatever whatever I want and just having fun with it for now. Now, Jamie, you live in Kenora, Ontario, and have you uh, always lived there? Uh, yeah, I've always been in Northwestern Ontario. Uh, I lived in Dryden for, for a good while, uh, you know, near Wabagoon Lake. So um, grew up on, on the walleye train, but I, uh, I always had a passion for bass fishing. We'd, we'd catch them once in a while and was always obsessed with bass, but is a place to be for that. Well, no kidding. And, and the number of successful bass anglers you have in that part of the world is mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, I mean, it's no accident. Um, 
you know, a, a lot of younger people take, take it for granted how good we have it here, both fishing wise and uh, tournament wise. I mean, we have the best open bass tournaments in North America. Uh, you, you know, I, I've been all over the States um, and there's, there's just no formats like this. Uh, we've got great volunteers and directors up here that most tournaments provide 100% payout. Uh, you know, they have a, a format like the Bassmaster Classic where you're, you know, coming through an arena full of people and or a tent. And, uh, you know, you kind of get that, that feeling and that drive and that motivation from, a, you know, whether you're a kid standing in the crowd or, or an angler wanting to go through that. So, I mean, combining all that and then and fishing against some of the anglers up here, like Gussie, Ted Stooner, Kessler, it's just naturally going to make you a better angler, I think. Yeah, there's some some pretty incredible talent. I was lucky enough to get in the bass tournament fishing on the ground floor. I got to fish the first KBI, and uh, boy, did it ever grow after that. I remember being first after the first day, and then I made a classic tournament mistake. I didn't go to my number one spot till afternoon and there was somebody sitting on it. So, <laughs> so, you know, tournaments can be, uh, they're, they're so interesting. They can be so great and they can be so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. The highs and lows are unlike, unlike most things in life. So <laughs> there's, there's nothing sweeter than, than riding a tournament high. Well, speaking of tournaments, how have you been able to be so successful uh, at those events? Um, I mean, it, it didn't just happen overnight. I, you know, back, back when I was a teenager, I just fished like crazy. Like any spare hour I had, I would dedicate to fishing, um, you know, and I never really had a, a motive. I just wanted to learn as, as much as I could. Uh, and then tournaments kind of came after, but I just kind of kept with that, um, you know, got around the right people, uh, started fishing with Brian Gossis and, you know, we learned a lot. He, you know, he was wanted to fish as much as I did. So uh, it was easy to go spend 16 hours on the water. And obviously we don't do that anymore, but um, just, just the love for it and, you know, the work and the, and all the behind the scenes stuff that, that go into it kind of all, all combine and start paying off after a while. They should be anyway. Yeah, what, what I think people don't realize is when you're in a community like you are, Jimmy, that is fairly tight knit, especially with the top anglers, you guys can feed off each other. You can share information, you can learn new techniques and it's, um, it really shortens the learning curve dramatically, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, that that is a factor. Um, and a lot of people see it that way. Um, but there comes a point, you know, if, if your buddy's the guy you have to beat to, to win the tournament, then you kind of don't want to share as much information. Um, so it's, it's not like we're telling each other everything because, well, my buddies are the ones I want to beat. They're, they're usually the, the best anglers and and the ones you have to best so but yeah i mean it, it'd be a great time to start tournament fishing now it would cut down on a lot of the time uh you know you just get to learn the tactics a lot better i used to read them in a magazine and and go try to 
put it into work in, in my local lakes. I thought I was fishing for bass at eight shad just because I read it. I had no <laughs> idea they were eating smelt and ciscos and, and everything else. I just read in Bassmaster that bass eat shad. So uh, <laughs> definitely the, we're in the information age now for fishing and cuts cuts that time. Right yeah, now. sure, sure does. It doesn't take that long to really be able to get yourself at a at a, at a relatively successful level. But still, you have to put the time in. I remember in 1989 when I I fished uh, 17 tournaments across North America, and the time on the water and fishing new water was uh, was very incremental to success you had because the more you did that kind of stuff, the more you're able to read water very quickly and, and adjust. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's no replacement for, for time on the water. And, you know, if you pay attention to what's going on, you can, you can just cut that time down so much. And it's not just necessarily time on the water. Um, there's plenty of tournament anglers that spend as much time on the water as successful ones that aren't successful. Um, because maybe the work ethic or the knowledge just isn't there. Uh, if, you know, if you're on the water for 16 hours and you're mostly idling around and, and, uh, you know, not working real hard, then your time on the water isn't going to be as effective as someone who's jumping up on the trolling motor every 10 minutes and, and really grinding it. Okay. Well, we've talked a lot about bass fishing, uh, Jamie, but you're a lot more than bass fishing. You're a multi-species angler. What's, what are, what are some of your favorite things to do on the water? Uh, I, I mean, in, in the winter is kind of when I really get to explore my, my multi-species side. Um, you know, I like fishing for lake trout and crappies and, and just really exploring. Uh, like being in the backcountry, you know, it's, it's a bunch of work. It's a lot more work to fish in the backcountry, but uh, just kind of scratching that exploratory side uh, checking out new lakes, breaking down new bodies of water, um, you know, just always learning. Uh, it's, it's dangerous in, in fishing to get comfortable and just take the path of least resistance. And, you know, I've been tempted plenty of times to just hop in my truck and go down the ice road and catch four walleyes. But, uh, you know, just that exploratory side pulls me elsewhere. And, and you know, I, I still get a, a big reward from figuring something new out or finding a new lake or a new technique or something like that. Well, that, that's certainly evident in the, in the YouTube videos you've released this year, because most of the water you've been fishing is uh, new water for you. And um, it's nice when a plan comes together and, and you are successful. And, but there's, but, but there's been a lot of things, um, a lot of changes nowadays to, to allow us to be more successful. Um, equipment's better, uh, shelters are better, clothing's better, but also mapping as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you could leave me with one piece of equipment for, for ice fishing, um, you know, in the last few years, it'd be, it'd be the maps. Um, they just cut down your drill time and it just allows you to make sense of what's going on. Um, if you can't see, you know, a, a hydrographic map of, of what's going on down there, it just adds so much work. And, and, you know, that's a lot of what we're doing in these backcountry lakes is kind of making our own mental chart or, or using auto chart, you know, once in a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you really can't read a lake without knowing what's going on down there. So, um, 
yeah i mean maps are critical and and not just not just contour maps uh but maps like google earth i mean that's that's how you find new crappie lakes uh you know, we'll spot reefs on on crystal clear lake trout lakes that don't have maps and and drop those into our GPS and go check that out. So def definitely makes it easier. And Ontario also has a, a great system of lake uh, information maps. So lake info, so you can find out what fish are in particular bodies of water in your neighborhood. Well, that's, that's a really uh, great, great tool as well, right? Yeah, that fish online feature is yeah. great. Um, I, I love showing it to people. Uh, I've got a, a nephew that loves exploring. And when I showed that to him, I'm pretty sure he spent the next 10 hours on the computer just cruising maps, you know, checking to see what fish are in what lake and going to try those lakes. He, you know, tries 20 or 30 in a summer kind of thing. So uh, that, that tool has been around for a bit. And yeah, I remember when I first discovered it, I, I had a tough time shutting the computer after that. So how long have you been doing your YouTube channel now and what have been some of the challenges as you go along? Uh, I mean, it's probably been, uh, maybe I put out a, a, you know, a brutal video three or four years ago, but uh, and just kind of had the channel, but really started doing it around the spring of 2020, I think. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the logistics are challenging, hauling cameras around, uh, editing all the time, you know, that that takes up. But the biggest challenge I found um, is you really have to put yourself out there uh, to talk to a camera, knowing that all your buddies, your family, people you don't know are all going to watch it. Um, that, that was the biggest hurdle for me. Um, but, you know, I, I felt I hit a point in my fishing career where I had enough credentials, I've been around enough, and I had thick enough skin that I could kind of deal with anything that that came at me. So that, that was the number one hurdle. Well, that's the, that's the part I like in your videos is the fact that you're not afraid to put it out there and you do have a bit of a thick skin. So, and, and, and the videos are different. They're informative and, and uh, they're outstanding. Let, let's talk a little bit about uh, the one that really kind of kind of drew me in was your your clack shot Reagan and when you when you look at your video it, it makes total ex, total sense uh Jimmy maybe you could explain what the clack shot is and and why you use it yeah I mean all it really is is uh is a drop shot rig except the the weight on the drop shot has a rattle in it um you know everyone knows how effective uh like rip and wraps and buck shots are for ice fishing, for calling fish in. And, and I know a big trend on Lake Winnipeg and, and Lake of the Woods and other places is that, uh, you know, you, you want to rattle a fish in, attract it with a rattle and then catch it on a, on a soft, subtle, natural presentation. Um, I just took it and combined it. Um, so this clack shot, you know, this rattle weight, you bang it in the mud or against the rock or whatever, and and you have that attracting feature that you'd expect from from a rattle spoon or a rattle bait. Um, and when the fish comes in, they just have the most natural presentation possible—just a live minnow or a soft plastic on you know on fluorocarbon on a light little drop shot hook, and it it really is a no-brainer. Um, it doesn't work 
you know, it, it's not a cure-all for ice fishing. It, there's a lot of times where I catch them better on a rattle spoon. It depends on what area I'm fishing or what the situation is, but it definitely is uh, something you need to have in your arsenal if you're going to be a successful ice, ice walleye person. And I mean, in bass fishing, we're used to, to mastering, you know, 20 techniques to be successful where in ice fishing, it's, it's really kind of limited, you know, there's a jig, a spoon, a rattle bait and a dead bait. And that's, that's really it. So just kind of added to the, to the toolkit a little bit there. Yeah. We, uh, in Manitoba, we, we are allowed live bait in certain locations, live minnows. So that's certainly, I, I can see an application for that on Lake Winnipeg and Lake Manitoba. Uh, especially this time of the year in, in January, when you, the only time you get a, a serious bite is early and late, right? Uh, you know, you kind of get the midwinter doldrums to a certain degree. Not always. It kind of depends on whether or not, you know, it's fishing, but it's certainly the consistent bite is uh, early and late, I would think. And if, if you're looking to try and catch a fish during the day, that uh, clack shot probably wouldn't hurt your chances, would it? No, no, there, I mean... It kind of preys on the curious nature of, of fish. They'll see a dust cloud or hear that sound and, and come right over and, um, you know, hopefully catch them in a moment of weakness where they'll take down a, a live minnow or like it, it works fine with plastics too and, and uh, you know, salted shiners and things like that. So. so I was checking online at Lake of the Woods uh, Brian store. Um, there's three left in Winnipeg before they're sold out. <laughs> <laughs> is that it yeah I'll that's it. another box i'll have to get some more we're we're making them uh we've we've got them pretty steady now we've got them sourced from a company that actually makes them but last yeah. winter i couldn't keep up we were selling you know into the thousands of them and i was making making them in the garage and uh yeah. trying to do it on the side and we couldn't keep up so all they're they're going to be in stock we've got endless amounts of them now Oh, that's good. Anyway, um, make sure you look them up and we'll, uh, we'll supply some information on that. Uh, also in the, uh, in, in the intro to the podcast and it's, uh, tell people what's, uh, how to find your YouTube channel. Yeah, it's just Bruce's Canadian angling. Um, and yeah, type that in Jamie Bruce fishing, whatever you want to Google, you know, you'll find it. Uh, Instagram Bruce's Canadian angling, pretty active on there. Um, and yeah, that, that's it. So what are some of the other innovations other than the clack shot that you might, you might want to tell people about, or do you have anything in the works, other things in uh, the work? I mean, I, I'm always tinkering with, with stuff. Um, every once in a while, something is kind of marketable where um, Brian from Lake of the Woods Sports and I'll get together and, and figure out how we're going to do this. So um, I have a, a new it's a, it's a weedless, um, type of swim jig that's coming out. Um, I've had it for the last few years, uh, have kind of shown Gussie and a couple buddies and we've been using it in tournaments and it works really well. And I, I it really wasn't something I was crazy about releasing, but, um, you know, so, someone has to come up with these new products and fishing and felt like, uh, we should put it forward. So in the spring, we're going to have this thing coming out and, uh, I don't have a whole bunch of details I can release on it now, but uh, there's there's also some stuff from you know from Brian's end as well that's that's innovative and 
you know, all this stuff we're not just putting out to catch fishermen, it, it catches fish. Well, Jamie, we hope to have you writing for Hook Magazine uh, to talk about some of the things and also uh, uh, contribute once in a while to the Hook Fishing Report, which comes out every second week. So we're looking uh, forward to picking your brain. Well, what does, uh, what does the future hold? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I wanted to fish the Bassmaster Opens this year. I had, uh, you know, set enough money aside from tournaments um saved up vacation from my regular job and you know was was raring to go and i ended up it's it's like winning a radio contest to get into the opens now it's just so popular everyone wants to be in the elite series um but anyway i ended up quite a ways down the waiting list i'm in 37th on the waiting list uh I, there was a hold put on my canadian credit card just because it's an american company and Mm -hmm. uh it, it just ended up not working out very well for me so i'm i'm gonna ice fish this winter um and kind of just wait for the wait for the phone call and hopefully go fish some tournaments down south i'm raring to go and hopefully at least get in next year well correct me if i'm wrong but i, I on my research i saw that you had fished a couple mwf events back in 2012 2016 is that correct yeah um back when gussie fished the flw tour yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to ride his coattails down there. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'd, I'd go down with him. You know, I wanted to see these other lakes and, and if you were a co-angler, you were allowed to pre-fish with them. So oh, cool. it was usually beneficial for him to have someone else in the boat, you know, someone to help him drive. Although the one time I don't think I drove at all, but I, I've picked it up since. <laughs> um so yeah I, I you know the co-angler thing is just kind of throwing your money in in the hat um and i i really didn't like the the lack of control but you know i learned a little bit and had one good tournament in in texas so it uh it was fun it was fun to see and it's kind of you know you fish one of those great big tournaments and it kind of you know it depletes the the first tournament jitters for when i'm down there running my own show so hopefully it helps with that yeah, I, we went down one year and uh, we, we had a fishing team, four of us from uh, from Manitoba, Kessler included myself. We fished a PWT in uh, 1980, yeah, 1989. And like you said, uh, 1990, 1989, the first PWT event was on Mill Lacks and we, Alex and I went down, we got invited by the, the Linders. And uh, it, it was a really, uh, like you say, scary first experience, Jamie, you know, when you're down there and you know, all these guys that you've read about and, and heard about, and it was, it was a really neat experience. And the next year we managed to fish four events. So I can fully understand tournament fishing can get in your blood, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the addiction. I figured it would fade. I'm, you know, I'm 32 now. I've been doing it for probably 15 years and my love for it isn't going anywhere. And I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Well, that's great to hear. Um, any any other things uh, before you, I let you go, Jamie, that you want to share? Uh, other stuff, other special moments? Uh, I, I mean, I've had a lot of special moments. That's that's why I love fishing so much. Um, you know, one that really stood out this year was uh, just fit my wife got in. She's, you know, been doing tournaments for a few years. And this year she she fished a couple of, of them with me. Um, 
we ended up winning both of those, the bronze bat classic and, and soon arrows bass and for box, which is, a, you know, obviously a big competitive event. So to win it with my wife was really special. And, and she actually won the women's walleye tournament, um, out of Kenora on her own too, with, with Brianne Becker, Brian Gustafson's, uh, fiance. So, um, just really cool. I, I, there's no way anyone's ever gone three and oh, and in tournaments around here. So to watch her do that was, was awesome. And that's, uh, that's on my memorable list for, for my career, for sure. Have you offered her a new contract? Those are pretty good odds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, she's going to re-up for a few of them next year. It's, it's <laughs> nice to, it's nice to bring, uh, bring the whole prize back to the house too. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Don't consider that, but you know, if you're splitting 10 or 12 grand and two, then it, you know, eats away at it real quick but when you get to bring it all home then it's well not that i really see it when it comes home but (laughs) (laughs) well make sure you congratulate her for us that was that's that's a memorable accomplishment for sure that's great yeah well i hope you guys get out in the water and uh win a few more coming up in the the new year in 2022 and uh, it's great having you on the show and again i just want to remind people jamie where can they find you yeah, uh, Bruce is Canadian Angling on YouTube. Bruce is Canadian Angling on Instagram, and uh, I'm not—I don't go wild on Facebook, but uh, just Jamie Bruce on Facebook. So, thanks for having me, Don. It was a good time, and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thanks, Jamie. Take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. Visit HookedMagazine.com to subscribe to the Complete Angler and never miss an episode.